Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of our EKN Face to Face here on our Facebook page. Great to have uh, you tuning in with us. Uh, Thursday, May the 14th. You can see me looking around my laptop there. I don't have the, the uh, calendar <laughs> that David has on his uh, on his. Do wall. you have Do you have a grocery list? Please put calendar on the grocery. I don't list. want to buy a next, calendar next to beer and beef. That's you can true. put calendar That's if you go in alphabetical order. That's true. Right, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about getting a calendar. Put it up front here. I, listen, I got it right here. It's, okay. I don't, I don't need it. Uh, just a shout out to everybody. I, I, see, I got my got my support carding T-shirt on. David's got his on for sure. Um, yeah, big thank you to everybody who took the time and has has thus far bought one of our support carding T-shirts. Again, all the profits heading uh, to everyone, uh, all our EKN partners. We want to thank you so much for it. You're putting you're posting them up on social media, which is great as well. Keep doing that. Head to the uh, Styled Aesthetic store or ecardinews.com slash store. You can still buy T-shirts. Again, going to support uh, the industry of carding, which is tremendous. Thank you. We're actually going to gather all the people, the names of people that have already posted their shirts on social media. And, of course, tag ecarding News and use the hashtag. We're going to start giving away some prize packages. I'm going to pick one tomorrow. So we'll get started with that, and we'll keep doing that once a week uh, until we kind of get – fully back up and rolling here. Uh, David, one of the cool things is you've, of course, got our update article that it's on the website. You continue to talk to tracks, series, whatever it may be, filling us in on when they're going racing. There are some people going racing here this weekend. It feels like we're just kind of finally starting to get things rolling again. You know, again, it's flat. We're flattening the curve. That's that's really what it is. I know, especially here in Michigan, we're seeing the numbers go down and yeah, down. Same and down here as well. And like I was just telling my wife, I go, you know, things are looking good, good for July and August. Like we got, we have to think long-term in this situation and, and, you know, it's not immediate. Let's jump back into everything right away. So we're looking good long-term short-term, as you said, some tracks are opening up for racing last weekend, the weekend before that, even more opening up for this weekend coming up, weather's starting to get warmer. So now that itch is driving a little <laughs> bit more for a lot of people to get to the racetrack. Yeah, not not me up here. I'm gonna put my skis out again because uh, I had snow. It was snowing outside my house in May. I don't remember ever having snow in May. April, yes, but not May. Yeah, May is May is iffy, especially here in Michigan because we don't get that lake effect snow so much anymore in May. April, somewhat maybe maybe a little bit more in, in April, but uh, yeah, uh, raining today, so it's not good golf weather. Uh, so we can't do that today, but uh, it is warming up. Tomorrow's going to be in the 70s, so really looking forward to uh, getting the warm weather. And I do like to hear that from David because he lives in Michigan. I'm in Ontario, so essentially what he gets, I get two days later. It kind of works its way across, so I'd like to have some warmer temperatures uh, for the weekend and next week. I was supposed to be at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway last weekend uh, for the IndyCar Grand Prix weekend. It was 27 degrees. On race morning on Saturday, had we been there, we, I don't know that the Indy cars would have been able to go out because they have to have a combination of ambient temperature and track temperature that is 100 degrees or more. We we, we wouldn't have been able. They may not have been able to start that race. Why can't we put rain tires on? Snow tires, <laughs> ice tires. I don't know. It was unbelievable. All right. All right well, listen. Uh, great to have everybody tuning in. As you know, we have live comments below here on the Facebook page. As we get rolling, if you have questions for our guests today, feel free to put them on there. They will jump up here, and I'll be able to see them and potentially ask our guests. Um, David Cole over there is kind of hinting at who we have coming up. Got the Rotax Racing hat on. Uh, David, let's uh, let's kind of talk a little bit about who we have coming on here from BRP Rotax. Stephen Chapman is joining us today, and from J3 Competition, the north, the northern half of the U.S. distributor of the Rotax program, uh, Justin Stefani, on with us as well. You've got that Rotax hat. I, I like that. Uh, 
We're going to talk Ro- Rotax Grand Nationals. It's been a number of years since you and I have been heading to, to a U.S. Rotax GNs. It, it has been. Uh, look, it's it's I've kind of been going over the, the history of not only the event, but the grand fi- Rotax Grand Finals as well. Yeah. And so and really EKN has been part of the Rotax Grand Nationals since the very beginning in 2001. So we got an article I'm working on for next week, an article I'm working on for tomorrow to kind of hit a little bit on that. But uh, we'll get a lot more information from uh, from Justin and Steven here in a little bit. Yeah, we I bought the site in 2004. So shout out to uh, Glenn Holland, uh, Jeff Franz, and Brian Stiver, the three people that actually started eCardingNews.com. And indeed, they were involved very heavily from the Rot- with the Rotax program from the very get-go. Uh, let's get started. Let's bring in our guests. Let's bring in Steven and uh, Justin. We'll let David slide off into the back as uh, our producer for the day. Uh, let's start with you, Stephen, uh, from Austria. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. And and Justin, uh, he's in he's in Austria. I'm up here in the cold in Canada, and you're in Arizona. You made the move to Arizona last year. Uh, what's the weather like in Arizona? In Scottsdale? Uh, well, it's 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 cooled down this week, so I think we're mid upper 80s. So it's uh, challenging times weather. Yeah. Right? How do you get through the day? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Too much vitamin D, right? Is that that's a, is that a problem? Well, it's good to be out. Listen, that's. That's the full one thing. People are staying at home, but get outside. It's good to yeah. get outside. I don't care if you're in your backyard. You still want to quarantine. You can still stay at home and get outside. I've been going for walks as well. Same thing. I'm going to give you guys a chance. And I know most people in the sport kind of know who you guys are already, especially if you're in the Rotex community. But I want to give people an opportunity to get to know you guys a little bit more. We'll start, Stephen, with you. What What's the origin story? How did you get into the sport? How long have you been, you've been with uh, with BRP Rotex? Give us a little, little bio on Stephen Chapman. I basically started racing in 1987. I started racing in schools carton in the UK, and then I moved on through there and carried on as a hobby up until yeah, my mid-twenties. And then it was about 2008, I moved to Austria, and I started working for a race team based in Salzburg. And we focused mainly on developing young drivers and yeah, support and other intrepid dealers around the world. And this was a chassis brand. In 2010, I started my own company where I focused more on developing young drivers and doing offering some other support programs to manufacturers with the testing and development. 2017, I then started working direct with Rotax. And yet since then, I've been working with them on a distributor of market development, race support, and also I manage the RMC support team. And I, I'm in charge of the e-card programs at the moment also. Wow. Okay. So, so a lot going on there. And yeah, somebody just came on and said your your audio is a bit choppy. I'm not, I'm not sure what we can do about that. We'll just keep riding it out. Hopefully it'll be all right. Um, Justin, let's talk uh, about your career. I actually threw up a picture, uh, a little throwback on e-carding news about you back in your day, back in I think oh, wow. the, the, mid, the mid-90s racing with uh, with Margay. A shot from Quincy, uh, you sure. and you and uh, Scotty Evans and uh, and Keith Freeber. Let's talk about. Uh, let's give us your kind of shortened origin story. Sure, sure. So, yeah, first memory was at a kart track with my dad when I was probably five years old. Right, I I started uh, ninety one um, racing. Um, ended like most people probably around two thousand. Kind of in that transition, going to college, getting a degree. Right, yep. you don't have the bandwidth to take the sport serious. Um, fortunate enough to work for a few uh, different kind of cart companies while I was going to college. Got out of college, went into um, kind of the professional world for for a little bit, and then two thousand four 
partnered with Jim and John Giacomelli. Um, at that point, we formed J3 Competition. Uh, we uh, first 10 years, we became one of the largest OTK uh, distributors in the world. Um, and then we transitioned in 14, 2014, kind of um, into our own brand, proprietary comp cart. And um, two years ago, roughly, we uh, joined forces with Rotax to um, kind of start this new mission um, to kind of complete our company and our identity and, and work on really the growth of the sport and, and bringing the sport to not just the same people that are in it, but to new markets and, and to new people. So that's that's it in a snapshot. Can we talk a little bit about the process process you went through to become the you know the Rotax distributor for the northern half of the U.S. That, that obviously was kind of a pivot for you guys uh, from the race team and of course with the chassis program, but then to pivot into becoming a distributor. Can you talk a little bit about all that had to go into, into making that actually happen? Yeah, I think one of the big links is you know Stephen, and that's why it's great he's on on the call today. Uh, you know, Stephen mentioned his background and. Kind of at the time he was coming over to America, I was going to Europe with a couple drivers. Um, we were on a similar trajectory there, competing yeah. against one another. Um, he was always a fierce competitor, um, very detail-oriented and, and highly professional. So, you know, you always respect your peers and your competitors when when you identify the, I don't want to say the real ones, but but kind of the real ones, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we kind of had a little bit of a relationship from that side of things, nothing crazy. Um, and then he went on to his, his role at Rotax and, um, you know, he and I had some dialogue and that's basically, um, you know, we started working together. It was probably at least a year, I would say, um, before we, we came on board, just planning things out. Right. Like I think I said in our last podcast, you know, this is a really long term program that mm -hmm. we're on. We believe in the brand. And, um, you know, I like to think that Steven, myself and, and Jim and John, we, we're really aligned very strongly on what we need to do to grow the sport. Um, and, and that's just not the Rotax brand, of course, but also grow the sport. That's one of our main components. And, um, you know, we came on board. I was at the grand finals. I think it was 17 in, in Portugal and um, with a driver and, and Stephen, myself, and a couple of the other um, officials from Rotax. We had some meetings and um, we finally got it on paper and uh, we were able to kind of kick the ball down the road. And here we are. Yeah, well, it's interesting. That's kind of a little example of, for those of you maybe new to the sport or new to any kind of business, uh, how crucial developing relationships are, right? You, you don't know a relationship you developed six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, what it's going to end up being like down the road. And Stephen, I'm sure you would say the same thing. You're, of course, working closely with Justin, but you also work closely with all the other distributors around the world as well. Uh, how important is it for you guys? I mean, that's obviously important. How would you describe the importance to be able to work with a company like J3? Because obviously they've got such a great reputation here in the U.S. and North America. How important is how crucial it is, it is it for you to find that kind of partner when you're developing the brand? Oh, did, did yeah, for, we, did for we us, it was really oh. important to, to pick up. You hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, uh, for me, it was really important that we find a partner who's really focused on customer support and taking care of people. And I know from when I used to race against Justin and his team that they support the customers perfectly. You know, I, I used to purchase things from J3 and yet the, the customer service was always perfect for me. So this was a, an easy choice in picking them as a partner to be a distributor in the US because I knew that they would do this right. Yeah, and I, and I think that's exactly it. As I said, they've, uh, for the years, and, and Justin talked about the fact of, of where they were with J3 competition when they kind of rolled in, they immediately have kind of a reputation of, of what they do. 
Jim Mayer right there. Yeah, first a first-class operation. That's kind of been the call through the entire time. Um, you know what? Let's jump in with back with you a bit, Justin. Let's talk a little bit about what are the and Stephen can come in as well. What are the what are the new initiatives for you guys? You're restarting a brand. You know, we could talk a little bit about the history of, of kind of the stuff that happened with the old distributor, you know, Max Speed and some of the issues there were with the engine itself and and some of the updates that continue to come out. Lost a bit of I think it lost a little bit of consumer confidence. Um, you guys obviously bringing that back. What are the initial uh, initiatives for you guys coming out of the gate? I, I think on our end, right, it, it's just given that confidence to the customer that, you know, first and foremost, the low hanging fruit is the product availability and the service, right? You pick up the phone, you go to our online site, you can find not only the product, but you can find all the technical resources. And, you know, we all know we, you know, you can have a rule book or you can have documentation, but there's nothing like having the face-to-face um, interaction, being able to pick up the phone, talk to people. Uh, you know, we're, we're very tentative to the customer base, right? I mean, you know, you call our office, we answer. So we wanted to just take what we did as a business and obviously first start with giving the confidence to the Rotax brand on that front, right? Um, obviously, Rotax has made some some changes over the product, which we've talked about over the, over the uh, couple shows that we've done, Rob. Um, they've been fairly small changes on, on the outside, but they've made really big improvements for the end user, the customer, with the longevity of the product, right, with the cost of ownership of the product, right? Um, you know, it's, it's a company that's building a racing product with a recreation background. So they've been able to kind of merge those two together. And, you know, we have a very powerful, great engine package that you can scale. Basically, you can upgrade your micro package, for instance, right? The, the only company that does this, the only brand that does it, you buy the same base engine when you're seven years old, mm-hmm. you're running that engine, could potentially run it up till you're a master's driver, right? Yeah, so it, it, it's really that package that allows growth in the sport because when you jump in and you get on the, the product, you have kind of the strength of the brand, the reliability of the engine, the cost of ownership. It's, we, we kind of really tick all these boxes. And that's one of the reasons that made us really excited about it was to, to work on the growth of the sport. You need to have the quality and the value and the products that you're pushing into the market and um yeah it's you know we have that with rotax and so um you know just getting that message out to people it's been working it's been growing more people are purchasing it they're getting back on the product and they're either saying you know this is awesome or the people that might have had a bad taste prior um are getting back on the product saying yeah i actually forgot how how great this this package is and that and that leads to this and i know this sounds like it's kind of a really uh, a basic introduction and i know it's you probably just go to the website and find it or not but the simple fact is we have a lot of turnover in our sport you know every three four five years people turn over so there are people that maybe have no idea what even the rotax is i know this is really kind of basic but do you want to just give us a little a little rundown of of the of the rotax engine program let's talk about the specs of it let's talk about what you can do the different levels i think that's something that people yeah. maybe who are watching this for the first time don't even know about the Rotax program. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll right? give the first. Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll give the high level approach and let Stephen kind of jump in on the technical side, right? So perfect. Perfect. Um, it, it's it's essentially a, a base platform, like I said earlier, that you carry from once you get into the sport. Um, Rotex is the one that identified micro mini. You know that whole kind of categorying of of ages, right? Yeah. So. I think at the end of the day, that's one of the massive, you know, uh, benefits of it. You know, we have, we start with micro, 
you, you purchase an upgrade kit for that base to take you to mini. You purchase an upgrade kit to junior and to senior, all while you're still really maintaining the core of the engine platform, right? Which keeps the consistency, the quality right. Um, everything from most of all the internals are the same all the way through. So it allows for even the business side, right? If you're a business, you own a track, you own a shop, you're an engine tuner, your stocking units go down. You know, you don't need four different SKUs for a Conrod kit and 20 different SKUs for a piston, right? You know, yeah. you're, you're, it, it's making the business model efficient for the businesses within the industry because they're lowering stocking, they're lowering overhead, and that's allowing them to drive more quality to the consumer, less confusion. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just it's an un, it's an amazing package, and it takes a brand like you know BRP Rotax to be able to kind of put this this forward. And then, um, yeah, on the technical side, I'll let Stephen kind of jump in on some of the couple little updates we've had this year. Maybe if you want to talk about the My Twenty and exactly and yeah the program overall. We pause our face to face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. If the dream is IndyCar, set your target on the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Our ladder system is designed to take drivers through three rungs of competition. The first step is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship, which features a carbon tub Tatus chassis, 180 horsepower, and a paddle shift sequential gearbox. Boost the USF 2000's output to 280 horsepower for the Indy Pro 2000 program, the second rung on the Road to Indy. Add in increased grip and aero downforce, and the Tatus PMA team becomes an incredible training machine. The final step before IndyCar is the Indy Lights Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The Dallara IL-15 boasts a whopping 450 horsepower. This car itself has helped train a third of the grid expected for the 2020 IndyCar Series. At all three levels, you race at premier venues on the same dance card as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. Former carters fill the roster of Road to Indy graduates in IndyCar, like Joseph Newgarden, Pato O'Ward, Connor Daly, Zach Veach, Jack Harvey, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, Charlie Kimball, Renus VK, and 2019 Indy Lights champion Oliver Askew. Racing karting graduates like Kyle Kirkwood and Braden Eves are in the middle of their journeys right now as well. Follow in their footsteps. If you want to race IndyCar, there is only one choice. The Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Twenty-five years of experience, twenty-five years of success. Greg Bell and Leading Edge Motorsports are heading into their third decade in the sport with winning momentum and the best material possible. Last year's monumental victories at the Rock the Rio and Scusa Super Nationals have proven what the sport has long known. Greg Bell is one of the finest karting tuners, and he and his drivers can get the job done. Looking for a change in equipment? Get on board with Leading Edge Motorsports. Leading Edge is North America's factory team for Formula K and Praga karts, and the new 2020 models are in stock and ready for pickup or shipping to your garage. Do you want to win like Danny Formal did with Leading Edge in Las Vegas? Call Greg Bell today at 209-369-0921 to secure your place on the team. Leading Edge Motorsports will be trackside in 2020 at the Challenge of the Americas, Scusa Pro Tour and California Pro Car Challenge, Rock Sonoma, and the KPX Karting Championship in NorCal. From Rock, 
to Miami to Briggs. Rely on Greg Bell and Leading Edge Motorsports to give you everything you need to step into the winner's circle. Check out leadingedgemotorsports.com to learn more. If you're searching for a program to elevate you up the motorsports ladder, Crosslink Competition is your next step. Crosslink Competition provides arrive and drive programs that include driver coaching, data analysis, and engine rental programs for all major events in the 2020 season. Team Crosslink is scheduled to compete at the Scusa Pro Tour, Rock Cup USA, and the United States Pro Kart Series events, as well as regional and local programs from their home base in Texas. Crosslink Competition is a full retail shop for the Xfree and OTK parts line. Many new and used packages are available right now through their Dallas headquarters. Drivers interested in making the jump from karting to cars? Crosslink provides a streamlined opportunity for you. Team Crosslink Kiwi Motorsports was the 2019 F4 United States Championship title winner, providing the perfect transition within the same operation. Drivers looking to compete with an elite level karting program or to pick up gently used team equipment are asked to call 214-432-4413. Be sure to follow all the team's social media platforms at Team Crosslink. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Well, you know what, too, Stephen? Let, let's get you to come and just add to it a little bit. Let's let's talk horsepower numbers because, again, there are a lot of people that don't know about the engine package, the platform, the performance, and what it brings. Then we talk about the MY20 as well. Let's let's start with let's start with performance numbers because people don't really understand how great the Rotex program is. They don't know enough about it. Yeah, we have basically a package for the starter of the sport. So if you want to call it the the seven eight year old, which is about nine horsepower, and it works its way all the way up to about thirty two horsepower for the dd2 and uh, yeah as i say you've got each each age group is catered for with the same engine principally apart from the dd2 which is a separate package so it's a it, it's really a a nice platform because it allows people to get into the sport and be comfortable with the product right the way through from start to end and can we talk about the the, the my 20 package that that, uh, that justin was talking about for the, the micro and the mini that's a, a small update package for those engines now is that correct yeah the the previous mini max package for example was always a detuned junior and this was really complicated to install it on a 950 chassis which is okay. the tip the typical cadet card so what we've done is we basically upgraded the micro package to give it more power and more speed so it was suitable for the age group that the mini categories for and now what we have is a package that really has exceptional parity the long life which rotax really believe in but it also fits the 950 chassis and also because it uses the micro components this makes it a cheaper package as a whole anyway and this also really helps for if you want to call it the starters to the sport so you've got like eight to 12 year olds now you can get in with a 950 car and an engine that's at a cheaper price point and for example a, a 1040 or a 1020 car mm-hmm. with with a full a full-size junior kit engine you know this, this this is a lot of investment for somebody new to the sport and i think it really ticks a lot of the boxes and uh, what we've seen at the grand finals this year when we launched it was 
the racing was exceptionally close. You know, there was a there was none of the devils from the past, shall we say, evident. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. All right, let's and, and good segue. Let's talk a little bit about the grand finals and then more globally with the brand as well. Uh, the Rotex Grand Finals, of course, uh, it was kind of that model that that uh, the other brands have followed to have this huge, ma- massive event where drivers would qualify their way in for their Nations Cup, kind of the Olympics of karting. They would all come and race uh, from from around the world. It's a huge event and continues to be big. Can you talk a little bit about how Rotex is? Is it growing? What kind of excitement do we have in the Rotex program around the world, globally, in all the different areas? Yeah, basically, we've seen now over, let's say, the past three years that there's been a constant growth. In in most countries, the numbers have been going up. Obviously, when our previous distributor exited in the U.S., this showed a downturn in the U.S., obviously, because we didn't have a, a visible presence in the U.S., but everywhere the platform's been growing and growing. And the Grand Finals is really a pinnacle the end of the year for our customers around the world to experience something where we give back. You know, it's the true only Grand Finals. A lot of other manufacturers offer something similar, but nobody really understands until they get there what Rotax offer. It's a free-for event. Nobody pays anything. They only have to travel there. All the materials provided. The only thing you have to cover is any accident damage, which is is normal. You know, it's a, it's really the way that we can define a true world champion of the Rotax world, and I, I think it's it lives to the ethos of Rotax. You know, it's equal opportunity for all. Everybody's on the same card, and we have to thank our chassis partners for supporting the project yeah. with this. Without them, we couldn't do. Well, Jay was one last year with Comcast, and I think Justin can confirm it was really a proud moment to see a full grid of his cards lined up with all the engines ready for that photo. It it really is something different, and until you walk into that paddock, nobody understands what it is. It's really exceptional. Well, let's just say this. Always one of the most iconic photos in global karting every year is a shot with all the chassis lined up, everything lined up. It's always just a, such an amazing photo. Justin, speak to that a little bit. First off, having Comp Card, of course, being one of the spec chassis, amazing. Let's talk a little bit about as well um, uh, how, the role that the U.S. and the and maybe the rebirth of Rotex in the U.S. will have moving forward. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the Grand Finals was you know obviously tremendous last year for two reasons. Right on the other side of the business, yeah. we were able to be there for twofold. Right as the Rotex distributor um, and as a chassis partner, um, it was unique too because, as Stephen said, it was the first year of the My Twenty package. So to really see the competition um, be so close, right, and then obviously you, it's so exciting. But then you kind of see them on your chassis it's always a, a little bit you know adds a little bit more to it yeah um and i think what it does right um last year was to to see how simple the new package is with everything being standard on the 950 chassis is really exciting as we come back it mobilizes us j3 competition as a as a business even more with rotex because the product is is you know i hate to say perfect because it sounds biased but it fits on the 950 chassis like steven outlined prior to that there were a lot of fitment issues the fitment issues are gone so from the average user all the way up to the professional team now all of a sudden you have you know very little time to assemble the parodies there and and it's exciting so now we we really have the full gamut if you will 
and we have so much confidence in the product. I'll be honest, prior to it, the Mini Max and the Micro Max was, was always a little bit of a, that's where you onboard people into your program, right? When they come into the sport, the youth, it, it was always a little bit um, of a gray area because of the, the issues, if you will, I hate to say issues, but with the Mini Max, with that solved now, it's just, it's really full steam forward. Um, and, and we're able to get, you know, from seven year olds all the way up with, with what we feel is, you know, the longest lasting, you know, uh, a best package there is. So, um, you know, we've been getting it into a lot of people's hands. Um, you know, the excitement coming into the U S nationals this year, you know, even on the, the heels of COVID where a lot of people haven't been out, um, has been churning really positively for us. And, um, the interest is there because I think, you know, a lot of people now see the Rotex as that complete system with having the proper micro and mini package. So it's it's really exciting times. I mean, it's it's the, the momentum's there, and um, yeah, we're we're looking forward to that one, which looks like it probably be the kind of kickoff back to national or or possibly the first big race here in in the United States. So, well, you have number one, you have the package, right? So you've got the product. You've right. got J3 Competition, which has uh, you know the reputation for being such a first-class operation, being able to do what you've done. You've had a long time in the sport, so you guys are solidified there. The next bit, as you just mentioned, was the U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals. It's back uh, July the 2nd to the 5th, Charlotte Motor Speedway. A, again, if you're new to the sport, in the last five years, you probably didn't know how much that racetrack was kind of like the, the center point of major events. North American Karting Championships back in the day. How many Formula One drivers... Uh, existing now Formula One drivers over the last couple of years actually raced that event. They've repaved the racetrack. Talk a little bit about that because I think that's kind of the cool factor that you guys are jumping in and, and doing the Grand Nationals once again. Yeah, it was. It's important to have a good, strong partner with you know, which we did with WK right on the yeah. kind of licensing insurance side. Um, but to to your your tune, and, and I'm bringing up a good example. Uh, uh, my neighbor, I'll say, lives about an hour or a, a mile from me. Is Jace Gezel, um, who won the the Rotax Senior Race at uh, a race in Pitt last year. I was actually saw him last week and was explaining the race and brought up Charlotte and and uh, he said, "Oh, there, there's a racetrack there. Where it's in turn three and four. And he was like, "Oh, is it pretty nice?" And I was like, "You know." And at that point, just to your you you know your your deal there, Rob, is like a light bulb goes off. You know, not everybody knows the history of the yeah. track and that that is you know the you know, it sounds maybe corny, but that is the foundation of where this next level karting in America started. It yeah. started in terms three and four at Charlotte Motor Speedway um, with WK hosting the North American Championship. So yeah. for us to return to that facility right when it's opening and bring the powerhouse that is Rotax there, we're bringing back the Rotax Grand Nationals. Um, I can't really think of a kind of a bigger storyline, if you will. Right. Um, to, uh, so yeah, we're excited about it. It's going to be good. Let's, let's throw in the fact that uh, there was a 1998 formula C world championships. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're there yeah. as well. The world, the world yeah. championships, yeah. fourth, fourth win for Gianluca Beja uh, was there. It was, yeah. it was amazing with Burrell. Uh, we will say this right now because we haven't really announced it yet. We're going to put it on, uh, on eCard news as well. We're coming for EK and Trackside Live as well. If, yeah. if, all, if all works out, I potentially could be there to announce the race, but David will be there for sure. We'll do our full EK and Trackside Live coverage. Looking forward to that. We, we, uh, we covered a lot of Grand Nationals over the last 16, 17 years, so we're excited to be able to come back to that. So that's happening for sure. Um, let's ask about the move, though. I want to give you the opportunity. The race was initially going to be in Pittsburgh, I think. You guys selected right. to move it to Charlotte. What was the motivation behind that? Was it just the simple fact you had the opportunity to go to Charlotte? 
I, it was a couple things, right? I think the opportunity and then amidst, amidst the COVID issues, right? Obviously, when you look at the state of Pennsylvania as a whole, you get into the western part where Pittsburgh is. It's pretty excluded from, let's say, the Philadelphia area. You kind of get into that Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore area. Of people, you know, it's a hot spot for COVID, right? So what happens is with the high density over there, a lot of those regulations probably shouldn't pertain to the western part of the state, but they do. So we knew that was going to be an issue. Um, and, and we just really put our heads together. And then, you know, the opportunity came about. And with North Carolina being obviously motorsports, you know, them in Indianapolis, right? Um, mm. You know, we had a really strong feeling that if there were going to be states that were going to open up and allow motorsports activities to take place, you have to put North It's like we just lost Justin briefly. We'll try to get him back. Oh, yes. sorry, sorry. Hey, you're good. Oh, you're back. Are we back? Yep. Keep going. Okay. So, um, you know, we kind of try to figure out where are the areas that, if anything, would be favorable for motorsports. North Carolina was at the top of the list, right? So that was it was definitely kind of a perfect storm that led that to happen. Um, and um, I think they just did another push at pit race. Um, I think they pushed back a month, I think, okay. um, for their club racing, right? So I think in the end, it's going to work out well. Plus, it was on a July 4th weekend. We have a tremendously good relationship with Pitt. Uh, but they have a tremendous rental cart program. So if there's any weekend where you're going to be able to generate revenue, it's July 4th. So yeah. when we looked at it, that from a partnership standpoint, we're, we're probably giving them back maybe even a, a bigger profit center. I was going right? to say, yeah, probably. So, so, so it, it worked out really well from that standpoint. It wasn't like we were, you know, in the middle of October when there was nothing going on and, <laughs> and, and, and we took a, a revenue stream from them. So, um, yeah. And it was just a, you know, like I said, a perfect storm, but we definitely kind of, took those two factors in and um, I think it's going to, I think it's going to work out well. And uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of it. Let's talk a little bit about, about the structure of the event as well, Justin, because the stars and stripes events that you guys had run when you were kind of rebuilding the program yep. and getting started, you use the engine lottery. Um, yep. That's not happening for the grand nationals, right? right? It's own owner engines coming in Correct. like, like they always have been right. Talk Correct. about that a little bit. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be basically like, you know, any race that people have done any really race up until last year when we did the lottery system. So we we've opened it up due to obviously some potential supply issues, some uncertainties, right. With COVID. So, um, you know, in the past, you've always had to run a U.S. engine. Now we've opened that up to allow international engines to be used. Right. So if you, there's a certain service center or ceiling agent in a different country, right. Obviously everything has to be toward to the 2020 technical regulations, mm -hmm. but you're able to do that. So then that opens up certain teams, people where they want to get engines, they can do what they feel. So we've kind of, I think, ticked that box for the consumer and said, hey, now a supply side issue for the engines. Who do I get to get my engine from? Um, it, it's, it's pretty much open. We have a full page on racerotax.com. All the service providers, we have some of the best in the world, some of the best in North America that have already committed. They have rentals. They have service platforms. Um, I've been getting contacted from several of them who've already been getting rentals booked. Oh, that, so that's that, awesome. That system's, yeah. So that system's worked well. Um, it'll be actually a four-day show. Originally, we, we planned to do them uh, in three days. Um, we did the fourth day, A, because... It's uh, the holiday, so we thought eh, people kind of you know like the extra day. Plus, we have to be honest with ourselves; people haven't been immersed in the Rotax program as much. So That's we true. felt it's it, it it's important for us to even the little simple nuances. If you give somebody an extra day to figure out the package, although I wouldn't say there's anything to figure out, but little things like you know maybe mounting the exhaust or airbox or fuel, you know 
just the little things if you give the consumer um, a little bit more time to be prepared because it's going to be a good race with a tremendous um, prize package, grand finals tickets. We yeah. have several other things that we're handing out. Um, and then it'll be a three-day uh, or a two-day racing event, right? We'll do qualifying, three heats, a super uh, super heat or pre-final, if you will. And then our final, um, we're sticking with the one set of race tires. So once you qualify, that's your set of tires all the way through the final. Wow. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, so there's tire management. Um, it, again, it gets back to BRP's principal approach to creating a platform that reduces costs for the end users. Mm-hmm. One set of race tires qualifying three heats, super heat and a final. <laughs> We lost Justin. So, uh, Bring him back. All right. We so just there's going to be second. some track management or uh, driver management as far as that goes. Um, and there's also going to be, um, you know, a, a little bit of some tuning possibly with that. But also we're cutting the cost down for the consumer considerably with one set of race tires. Let's talk. Uh, yeah. Let's talk driver of eligibility. Who, who's able to come to the event? Is it is it just the U.S. drivers or, I, are we, or is it open? Lost the audio. You lost the audio? We pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. At Solo Kart USA, designing and manufacturing the most driver-friendly carts has been our goal from the very beginning. Design, build, test, and then race over and over and over until it's perfect. The result is a cart that gives you complete confidence knowing that the equipment can get the job done and you can focus on what separates every field in karting, driver talent. How do you know how to tune your team's chassis if you're not driving it yourself? At Solo Kart USA, we drive our own carts and we race regularly. Solo Kart is our program and we race what we sell. Every lap we turn at tracks all over the country provides information and feedback that we use in further developing our chassis. After four years of dedicated testing and competition, our Solo Kart USA program is exactly where we want it. It's ready for you. Louis Westover put our Solo Kart SK2 on the X30 Senior Podium at the opening round of the Superkart USA Winter Series in January, topping 50 other drivers. And our own Adam Pettit followed suit with a second place finish in X30 Master. Check out www.solokartusa.com to learn more and break away from the pack. In 2020, PSL Karting will enter its 21st year of serving the North American karting community, and they're proud to be North America's importer and distributor for the legendary Burrell Art brand, having once again won Burrell Art's Distributor of the Year. PSL Karting is your source for all things Burrell Art, providing this top-quality product both through their expansive dealer network or through their own pslkarting.com online store. We have over 100 carts in stock at all times, including the new Charles Leclerc line of carts carrying the name of Ferrari's Formula One pilot. PSL Karting can provide you with a Burrell Art, Ricardo, or Charles Leclerc turnkey package with an IAMI, Rotax, Rock, or Briggs power plant complete and ready to race. Whatever you need is available 24-7 at our online store, including parts and components, consumables like AMSOIL, Motul, and Rotex XPS engine oil, and Vroom lubricants, Micron data acquisition systems and Unipro, and driver safety gear from Bell, Arai, Freem, and Alpine Stars. Trackside, we're also the karting distributor for Bell Racing USA. Our race trailer is always stocked with Bell helmets, 
and components. Arrive and Drive programs, supported by PSL's experienced staff and in-house engine program, are available for all major U.S. and Canadian events. When you're ready to win, call PSL Karting or visit one of our dealers. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and safety gear to get you on the track. ShopAKRA.com offers a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors in the sport to ensure that all the latest equipment is available to you, the consumer. With customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Also, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials, clearance items, and new products. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Now we'll get okay. We'll get David will pull him off. Stephen, let's let's come and talk to you a little bit because we'll come back and talk with, as David kind of troubleshoots with with Justin. You you've been obviously I would assume U.S. Rotex Grand Nationals before. How does how does their approach kind of uh, kind of compare to the other nations uh, that that do this? Do they do a one off race like this? Some countries do. Uh, I think in the bigger countries like the U.S., I think it carries a lot of weight to do a one off. I think when you when you start to do a long traveling championship, especially in a country the size of the United States, uh, I think it gets really expensive for people. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think fundamentally, the traveling championships are killing the base of the sport, to be fair. I think we need to get more back to the regional things and supporting the clubs more so these can regrow, because otherwise we're going to have no tracks left. We see this uh, constantly, the tracks around the world are, are struggling. And if we don't support the club racing and the regional racing, racing we're, we're all going to struggle in the long run. And I believe the, the big events should be short, sweet, and not taken away from that side of the sport. I agree with you. I think it was interesting uh, when Rotax first came in, that was kind of the focus here in the U.S. for Rotax was we're going to have all these regional championships, the RMC events, you know, the regional challenges all, all over. And then that would, you know, that would get drivers to come then up to the Grand Nationals, that one big race that people didn't have to travel and spend all the money to travel. And I think that might have been a little bit of some of the issues that happened with Rotax in the last number of years. They kind of started focusing on that national level stuff, the, the big racing, as opposed to the club level stuff. So that's hopefully going to move forward. We've got Justin back. Justin, let's jump yep, back sorry. in. We just we just talked very briefly about. Uh, I asked Stephen about uh, what other countries look like in terms of qualifying drivers. Did they have events like yours? And he mm -hmm. likes the fact that we're kind of maybe potentially getting away from spending all that money traveling around the country. You're able to have one major event that allows drivers to come in. What I wanted to talk to you about was normally in the in the past the Grand Nationals have been four U.S. drivers. This particular year is it U.S. I think you've opened it up. I think for this first race have you not yeah uh, you know so originally when we kind of were planning everything out last september the move was to be for u.s drivers only yeah. right um and i think we're just kind of in this little bit of a unique vacuum of nobody's been racing right so um ultimately it's it's we, we've kind of 
moved away from this year from making it only U.S. drivers to kind of obviously in, in each category um, where, say, there's two tickets available, mm-hmm. one ticket is reserved for U.S., the other one is open. Um, if you look in our micro category, we actually have three tickets in Micromax, um, which is really tremendous. All three of those are for um American drivers only. So if you go to racerotex.com, you click on the Grand Nationals button, it'll have all the awards and have it all spelled out. Uh, but but the main reason was just to, to get participation, right? You know, we're getting a lot of interest in people that want to get back on the Rotax platform. They want to race. Um, I don't know how much international competition we have, but I think, you know, one thing that we see in America is a lot of our friends from north of the border are always coming down to, to participate yeah. in our races. Right. And I think as much as we're two countries on the motorsport side, it's, it's kind of been a little bit of a, more of a blurred line, right. Where, um, you always see the Canadian teams come down. Um, I know we've always kind of gone up to the Ontario region in the past. So, um, it made sense for that standpoint, right. To try to stimulate the entire continent to, to put a race on where everybody can participate race. Um, the businesses can, can have activities to run their business as well. So, um, that was the main decision, right, to, to open that, that up this year. And, again, that's, that would essentially be for the second ticket in categories that have more than one ticket. One thing we didn't ask about and I wanted to touch base on, you mentioned very briefly about the fact that you guys work with WK in terms of insurance. How, how closely will you be working with Kevin Williams and the, and the WKA team when you're down at this event at Charlotte? Well, it's going to be it's going to be pretty close, right? I mean, we'll we'll have um, our own staff, right? But part of it is is to not be pushing and pulling against um, the other industry members, right? Where we can find some some good strategic alliances, and when everybody has the overall vision to kind of grow the sport, it it makes sense. So Kevin, in particular, actually is going to be a pretty um, instrumental part in our event. He's going to have some roles um, that we're just working on right there. So he's going to be kind of working hand in hand with us on that, um, and if people that know Kevin know how much of a detail oriented and professional guy he is. Um, you know, I go all the way back to the stars of karting, right? He was the race director and the head of there and, and, you know, always from, from that day forward, again, another relationship that, you know, I didn't always necessarily see eye to eye with Kevin, but you recognize somebody's professionalism and you recognize, um, what, what somebody brings to the table. So you have to have respect for that. So we're happy to have Kevin, um, who's going to be strategically involved with us. And then we'll bring in a lot of our other tremendous staff. You know, Mike Edwards will be the, the head of tech. Um, we're going to be bringing in another great name to help him with tech. Um, you know, we'll have Tim Hannon there. Everybody knows Tim on the race steward side. Mm-hmm. So we'll be fully staffed up with, with all the correct people. Um, and, you know, it'll be a, a well-run professional event. Um, and, yeah, excited about it and excited to have that, that link with, with WKA. Let's uh, do a quick little uh, shout out here because Sean Bailiff from Trinity Carding Group just posted Team TKG will be running a few carts at the Rotax Grand Nationals. There you go. There, 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 there we go. And, <laughs> you know, if anybody knows Sean and their their program, it's probably one of the nicest, oh, tidiest, most yeah. professional, very, very detail oriented um, uh, guy Sean is, and their program's always always top flight. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're gonna have tremendous amount of people there. The racing's gonna be great. It, it's over the Fourth of July. I think, like I said, it's gonna be kind of the first return. You're at Charlotte. You know, if you want to rent a garage, the garages are rented. You know, That's right, we're gonna yeah. have some fun activities. There's a lot of races, as we all know, to talk at, at, on the sport holistically, if you will between um, Charlotte and uh, Newcastle, right? Over that kind of, let's call it 45 days, right? Agreed, yeah. Um, so it, it's an, it's logistically easy for teams to attend the races. We have um, 
worked with WKA, who's worked with, with um, some of the other people who will be put on races there. People can park their trailers, their trucks at no cost there. So we've really put together a nice platform to get everybody racing in the same geographical region so we can kind of return back to um, getting our industry going, really. That's so, it. That's it. Now, we do have some questions that we'll bring in here at the end of the show because right now, I kind of we've talked about the Grand Nationals. It, of course, leads into a bunch of drivers qualifying to go to the the Rotax Grand Finals. Stephen, let's come to you really briefly. Uh, November 4th to the 14th, uh, 7th rather to the 14th, Bahrain this year for the for the Grand Nationals. Can you talk, can you talk about that? That'll be an interesting trip for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a, a difficult one to talk about at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> if, no, we, the, the grand the grand finals is always going ahead. It, it, obviously, watching travel situation and everything for people around the world. And yeah. if we need to, we will make adjustments to suit. This is something uh, I think needs to be made clear. There's not an official yet, but yeah, we're really excited to host the grand finals this year. We're really excited to go to Bahrain. But we will assess the travel situation for everybody. And if, if there's problems, we'll find solutions. This okay. is something that the people need to understand. Yeah. Uh, when, they, when, when they win the ticket, that there will be the big race for them. So, you know. But there, there is an opportunity, depending on what happens, it could go to a potentially different venue. Is that, is that the, kind of the key? If, the, if there was restrictions around travel to Bahrain, we always have a plan B. Let me just say that. Okay. And we're always we're always working on let's call it a, a second option in case there's travel restrictions, especially to a location outside of let's call it our normal borders where we can ship and transport material to. So there's always a plan B. I have to be honest, there's nothing fixed in stone on plan B. Let's say that at this moment, okay. but I want people to understand that Rotax is always trying to take care that we can host the grand finals regardless of the situation with the COVID. So. Well, yeah, I assume that there's a lot of work being done there to have, like, say, plan B, plan C, plan D, whatever it may be. When will we find out what the chassis suppliers are going to be for 2020? Yeah, the ch chassis suppliers are already fixed. Okay, what are they? Uh, I'm not allowed to say that at this oh. moment. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So when, when, do we, when do we find out? Yeah, our marketing team works on all this and they'll tell you when you need to know. <laughs> all right. We're on a need to know basis. All right. I, can I, I, would, I wouldn't say that. It's just I'll get shot if I tell you before they tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we always like to get a scoop here and there, but I understand. That's fine. Uh, Justin, let's come to you. We talked about it a little bit at the start, but now that we're talking about grand finals, I, I want to get like the true emotional answer. What was it like to see? For you and, and Jim and John to see all those comp carts out there, I just—I I have to think that would be just an unbelievable uh, experience to see that happen. Yeah, I mean, it—it it really was. Um, I think John showed up um, a little bit late, and I don't think he was actually, unfortunately, there for the actual photo, if I yeah. remember right, of the chassis, which kind of stinks for him. But obviously, um, they were more at the event um, immersed in the comp cart side where I was um, when I wasn't sick, unfortunately, that week uh, managing Team USA. But, it, it, you know, it's, a, it's a, a definitely a pride thing. I think you brought up last time we spoke about you know, we never really have time to kind of enjoy some of the successes that you have because of the competition exactly. in, in this industry and in this world. I think that was one of them where, you know, the three of us very rarely are in the same place, um, which is one of our strengths because we're yeah. able to kind of spread out. Um, so we were able to be all three of us there. So it, it was a 
proud moment. I, I think, you know, we, we really enjoyed that time. Um, just the three of us being able to be together and then you kind of get a bond around a race like that and see your, the cart, which is, um, it's, it was pretty awesome. And, um, you know, it was, you know, even for our dealers and our partners and our distributors around the world, um, it was, it was a big moment for them. And, um, yeah, we, we were definitely happy about it. And I would say that's a big moment, but, um, you know, being at that race and, and two things that really strike you is um, when you see the drivers put on the Team USA suits and the Team USA clothing, which obviously I'm partial to our country and I'm partial to the design work and what we've done on that side, which was mainly Jim. Um, you you got to kind of, uh, you know, for me, at least cause I'm very patriotic, uh, you get, get a little bit choked up when you see that. And then you kind of see all the other countries and it, and it really it really hits you like a sledgehammer what the race is about how big our sport is and everybody is genuinely at this race and everyone's got a smile on their face. Yeah. They're talking, they're having a good time. It's not like a lot of the other stuff we do, which is so cutthroat and at times toxic. And you, you ask yourself, why does it you know, have to have to be like that? Right. You understand <laughs> the competition side. You want to, you want to beat your competitor. Um, but that, that's pretty amazing. And to see the drivers we had last year, tremendous, good quality drivers um carrying the american flag around i think um that's been luca mars's job over the last two years but right. when you see that draped over the drivers that that's probably as much as of the comp cart side as anything um it, it's yeah it's a pretty remarkable feeling and it's uh like steven outlined it's it's really an event like no other well let me add this in uh, as we get close to the end of this year uh i've been doing uh instagram live interviews for my road to indy insider page of course i'm the, I'm the announcer as well for the road to indy and so many of these drivers that I'm talking to who are going to be the future stars of the NTT IndyCar series, inevitably, when we're talking about their origin story, they talk about the time when they were part of Team USA. You know, that was one of the things that they just absolutely, they're, you go about the races they went to, Stingray, Rob, all these guys that had gone up the ranks. I thought that was amazing. Um, one thing we are doing here, Justin, we'll talk about, we're kind of working with you and some other people. We're talking about, uh, or David is actually putting together an article that's going to be kind of the history of Team USA at the Grand Finals. Uh, this year will be the 20th anniversary, I believe, of, of Team USA running the grand finals. Anything in particular, anything special happen with you guys? We always try to do something good. I think this year for Team USA, we're gonna it's gonna be a little bit more more special. This this year also marks the 100 year anniversary of Rotax as well. So okay. Rotax in in itself, um, you know, has some stuff planned. We have a few special things planned for for the grand finals. We have a couple partner sponsors that we'll be announcing soon that are going to do some pretty cool things for for the Team USA members. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you start to look at that list and you go back and and there's some iconic names right in our sport that might not be in the sport now but there's some that are still in the sport and they're actively involved and like you said such a high turnover people don't realize you know i could you know we can bring up names that are are pretty frequent but we can go all the way back to some some of the older school names that have been part of the rotax program and it's um goes to show you the depth and the foundation yeah. and uh yeah it's it's definitely exciting this does mark kind of the 20th year for it being here in the u.s so um yeah we do have some stuff planned for the team usa members that do make it so it should be good and you know we're working on the article with with david which i think is going to shed a lot of light not only in our program, but you know, the idea is to bring back people that are in the industry and yeah. kind of bring bring their depth to the sport and 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 you know um, their legitimacy to the market and say, hey, you know, this guy was is the real deal. He did, you know, he was been in this for twenty years or fifteen years or whatever. So yeah. it'll be exciting when we get that piece done. We pause our face to face broadcast for this quick commercial break. 
Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. You've heard and read about us. We are the Rawlson Performance Group. We race to win. Our senior program is the best in the sport, and we have the Scusa Pro Tour X30 Senior Championship to prove it. Our coaching staff includes four-time Scusa National Champion Ryan Norbert, three-time Scusa Supernats winner Bonner Moulton, Scusa Pro Tour X30 Junior Champion, 2015 Rotax Grand Finals Vice Champion, and Junior Development Specialist Luke Selkin, and our hands-on owner, multi-time champion, and IKF Duffy winner Mike Rollison. This isn't sideline coaching. We're on track, and we dogfight with you. It's like nothing you've ever experienced. You learn more and more with every single lap. Our seniors win races, like Hannah Greenmeyer at the Scusa Winter Series opener in Florida. And they win because they've been trained, coached, and honed by our RPG staff. Hurricane Hannah is proof positive. If you're a mini driver ready to move up, or a junior driver who's done with running mid-pack, join the team that will develop your skills and take you to the podium. At the Rawls and Performance Group, we turn juniors into pros. In 2020, we'll be racing at the Scusa Winter Series, Pro Tour and California Pro Kart Challenge, the Florida Winter Tour, and the United States Pro Kart Series, as well as the IKF Northwest Region. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. We're the Rawlson Performance Group. We race to win. Wins in the sport's biggest races and championships in national and regional series all over the country, they're all on Nitro Kart's resume. The Nitro Kart has made its statement as the best, fastest, and winningest cadet chassis on the American market. The 2020 Nitro Cadet is even better. The cart features magnesium front and rear hubs, a floating sprocket hub, and a roller bearing steering column support with tow lock. The Nitro Kart Cadet is completed with mini Dynamica bodywork and Max Pappas's MPI steering wheel. If you want to win in Cadet, get a Nitro Kart and join our team. I am Nitro Kart mini driver and national champion Spencer Conrad. We just got our 2020 Cadet chassis just before Daytona this year, and I really like it a lot. I got my first victory with it in just the second time on track. I really like the MPI wheel and the new brake system. Plus, the bodywork is really cool. Come join the winningest cadet team on the market, Team Nitro. Race one or chase one. Every winter, young drivers take the leap up to the next class. Whether it's micro to mini, mini to junior, or the big jump from junior into the senior ranks, it's tougher competition. If your son or daughter are moving up a class in 2020, give them exactly what they need to be ready. Professional coaching from the most respected teacher in the sport. With over 30 years of karting experience, Alan Rudolph and his staff at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy specialize in training young racers and accelerating their skills so that they're ready for the next challenge. Don't just invest in equipment, invest in your driver. Bring them to the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy at Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston and invest in their skill development. Get them ready to take on that next on-track challenge 
better prepared than ever. Get ready for 2020 by calling the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy at 866-607-7223. Head to speedsportsracingpark.com to learn more. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. I, I look forward to hearing from some of these drivers. I remember when David and I first went to our, our first was Portugal. I think 2006 was our first, mm-hmm. uh, the grand nationals that David and I went to right straight from the super nationals, right straight there. And it was, and it was amazing. Of course he's American. I'm Canadian, but I spent a lot of time down South. And it was like you said, there was that weird, the feeling of being there with team Canada and team USA. And, and it was people that would battle each other all year long, hate each other, wreck each other. And then they were teammates yeah. uh, at that particular weekend. I just, I remember that was just such a fantastic weekend. Now, Let's, we have some questions. I want to jump in. We're, we're, we're almost at the end of the show. I want to ask a couple of questions. Kind of goes back to the, the very start. Tom Harleman asked a, a good question. David, back at 220, how, how much are rebuilds and how often does it need to be done? He, here's a guy that's been racing for a number of years in 206. Doesn't sure. know a lot about Rotax. Sure. Neither does a lot. So there's a question for you. How much are rebuilds and how often do you have to rebuild a Rotax engine? Uh, I'll let Steven go on kind of the hours per category, and then I can jump back and give you kind of what the estimated cost looks like. Okay. Okay. If for rebuild times, we know that the engines will run for 40 hours plus comfortably in all the categories. They'll be competitive up, up until that time, and we've verified this on the dyno and the test benches. And in my hands, I work for customers who had the budget to spend a lot of money on on engine rebuilds if they wanted. And I'll be honest, I only verified them in the middle of the season. I would rebuild them over the winter and I'd run them all season, the engines. They, they don't need the attention that some people like to sell or believe that they do. It really is long life. You know, you, you need to do basic things like changing the, the diaphragm for the fuel pump kit, keeping it clean and tidy, oil in the gearbox, just general maintenance. Mm-hmm. But the full rebuild, once a year is not is normal for most of the users. This is all that you need. Maybe if you do an extreme amount of racing twice a year, but definitely no more than this. Uh, obviously, one of the issues that we had uh, a number of years ago were the different updates. Matthew Del Sol asks, how has Rotax worked on limiting updates that are added to the motors? He says, as a former driver who just couldn't afford the updates that were done during my time in the Rotax class, that eventually led me to having to leave the sport. You, uh, Stephen, we can come to you. Justin, you can ask this what's the, you know, updating the updates have been an issue. What's the, what's the plan moving forward for updates? It, there is no plan for any updates, to be honest. It, I think if we roll back historically, the first, let's call it wave of updates, like a lot of the US customers experienced, mm-hmm. was mainly the cylinder. Yeah. And it, this this was all done around improving parity. And I think the anybody who's experienced the Rotax product now, they can put the hand on the heart and say with the digital cylinder, they're the same. They're really the same. You don't have to go looking for a special one or anything else. There's really parity out the box. We've seen this uh, when we done the WCKC in Canada, and we had raffle engines, which came straight from the factory, and they were actually doing fastest laps and winning the races in a national championship in Canada against people who had tuned engines. When we say tuned, rebuilt engines by an engine builder. So I think this proves that we have now parity out the box. Uh, yep. When the Evo introduction came in, I'm not going to lie, there was some issues around the the installation of the electrics. A lot of it was around how friendly it was to install to the cart, and this made it a little bit vulnerable. And then we done another wave wave of updates to improve this. And 
I understand it that people didn't like the updates, but they were required so people could take the engine out the box, put it on the cart, and have no headaches. What we want as a as a manufacturer is that the product is easy to use and long life, and there's nothing worse than we we live and and keep going with a component that's not suitable. And that's why there was the change to the the wiring harness, for mm -hmm. example. And I think what we have now is really a stable product, which has been like this now for a few years. So yep. when we talk about constant updates, fundamentally performance-wise, there's been no change since since I think it's three years now. Okay. You know, so it, it's really a stable platform. We see very, very few issues now. Like I'm part of the support team that goes to tracks around the world and supports customers. And the people who are familiar with putting it on the cart, they have so few issues. We're really not busy. We're more... We're more now providing support, how to get help people understand data and get the most out of the product and be fast rather than, let's say, supporting them with mechanical or, or physical problems with the package. It's it's really easy to work with. And, and Justin, that's got to be for you as a distributor, that's got to be the beauty of this program right now, that you're able to, that you know that the product you have has been sorted, it's locked in, no updates planned, and now you can just go to work. No, it's, yeah, no, exactly. And that's what, you know, I was in Portugal in 17, about three years ago. Um, well, it was before then, but, you know, to verify everything, that was, again, one of those confidence factors. And you kind of brought up cost or the question was about cost. Yeah. Um, when when you actually look at the cycle time in which you need to rebuild versus um, a competitive, you know, a, a product that competes, if you will, against the Rotex, I mean, you're you're nearly four times less rebuilds right and when you go through our parts catalogs a majority of all of our parts are significantly um, less retail price than some of the other options that are out there so when you look at it as a whole not only do you look at the upfront cost being less but then when you look at the life of owning that product right like you would anything your car right mm -hmm. you know yeah. if you go buy a, a car and you don't need to change the oil for you know, 10,000 miles versus 3,000, right? You need to take that same sort of um, different, you know, the way you as a consumer buy any product that you buy, when you apply that same principle to the Rotex product, it's, you know, from a cost standpoint, I don't want to say it's nothing because there are real costs if you need to maintain it, but they're, they're just mere fractional costs of ownership. And again, that gets back to the excitement behind the product because now with the product that ticks all these boxes, you have something that is attractive to the masses, right? It's just not attractive to, you know, that small subset of people. Um, we're able to go attract new people um, through a lot of our different kind of exciting initiatives and people get on the product and there's nothing better than, you know, grabbing your bag of golf clubs and going to the driving range, right? And not having to spend any costs. And there's yeah. nothing better than, putting your cart in the back of the pickup truck, going and doing a practice day, you hit the button um, or hit the rocker switch. On, in our case, it fires up every time, which I'll use Steven's analogy. I think anybody that has ever you know, used a Rotex will put their hand on their heart and say, the thing always starts and it always, always runs, right? <laughs> and that's what, that's what we need in the sport, and that's what you need to grow the sport, right? You need to have products that tick all those boxes, so... All right. Well, let's wrap this. Let's wrap this thing up, Stephen. Uh, final words from you. Let's maybe allow you to speak kind of globally from what we end up having left of whatever 2020 is going to be this weird season, and of course, moving on to 2021 and beyond. Yeah, just, just something to add off the back of what Justin said there. It, we also have the warranty, which is really important that the people understand this. That you know, if something breaks, Rotax stand behind it. It's warranted. So 
this is important that people understand this system. If they don't understand it, they need to speak to the service centres or J3 and find out about this. Okay. This is the confidence that we have in the product, that it's not going to fail. And if it does fail, we stand there behind the customer and help yep. them get them back on track. And it, this is something that I don't believe any other manufacturer offers. I think also moving forward for the rest of the year, hopefully all this virus situation settles down. And I, I really hope it settles down quicker than, than, than what looks like because I want to come near to the Charlotte racetrack and watch this Grand Nationals. <laughs> now, we want to have you there as well. No doubt about that. All right, Justin, let's wrap up with you. Final thoughts here on this edition of Face to Face. Yeah, I mean, listen, if anybody has questions, um, you can call our office. You can view our both of our websites, uh, j3competition or racerotax.com, mm -hmm. which is that site's dedicated to only Rotax information, Grand Nationals. Yeah. You know, you'll find everything you need. But um, if there's a question or if you're hearing somebody say something or you're not certain you can ping us on any of our social media channels right email us call us um most likely um with our company the great thing is you're either going to get myself jim or john giacomelli on the phone so you're going to be talking to one of the owners um you're going to get the facts uh, you won't get a run around and um yeah we're, we're excited to, to again keep underscoring the fact of keep growing the sport providing these platforms for for all the racers and um you know get get ready for the u.s nationals get your entry in and uh let's uh let's go ticket racing that's it steven thank you so much for joining me i appreciate it thank you rob look forward to see you soon looking forward yep. to it. thanks Justin, rob. Take you. Care. thank you so much guys yep. take care thank you so bye much bye. we appreciate you being here with us again a great opportunity to talk to steven chapman from rotax brp and from j3 competition justin stefani David Cole rocking the Rotax racing hat. Uh, hey, U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals are back. Always a fantastic event. I, I used to love going to it, David, every year. You know, right around 200 drivers every year. The fight for the tickets, the, you know, just trying to get that, that ticket to be part of Team USA. Um, back at it and then and back to Charlotte. Like, it's just... It's. I feel like I feel like I'm five, six, seven years ago. This is awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, nostalgia going into yeah. going into this event. One because it's it it signifies our return back to the Rotex Grand Nationals. It's been a few years since we've been on site. Mm -hmm. uh, do you remember the first year year we went? First year was it was it Centennial? It was 2007. Yeah. Centennial. That's so, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that'll be in our article that, I, that will be coming out tomorrow yeah. talking about how we're going to be at track. But, but yeah, again, Charlotte, we haven't been there in a few years and, and just to see that historic track repave. Oh, yeah. And then, and then just the fact, as Justin alluded to, you know, this is going to be the really the first big national event that uh, we'll probably be at uh, for the, since uh, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic hit us. So it's going to be a very interesting time. And again, you know, just a lot of nostalgia about because the as you said, it, it's it's the Rotax Grand Nationals is that path to the to the Rotax Grand Finals and and just that that transition from everybody out for each other and then as you said, it, you know, right? that that team unity with whether it's Team USA or Team Canada because we we've been intertwined with both teams uh, every time we've gone to the Rotax Grand Finals and and it's just it's fun to watch that transition, you know, of going from, from this race to this race to the, to the grand, to the carding Olympics. Yeah. And yep. just, it's amazing. It's fun. 
Well, one thing we've talked about doing, I think we're, we were going to do it tomorrow, but I'm not sure we were, we're going to do it or not. We talked about doing our happy hour with Howden. I know you played one of the old, actually our very first happy hour with Howden from a Stars of Carding race. You played on the EKN Radio Network. Yeah, we played that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that included Paul Zalud. Uh, Justin mentioned it, Stars of Carding uh, yeah. owner at the time. in 2000, This was 2005. Uh, we had Rodney Berryhill from uh, – uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma Motorsports Complex there in Norman, Oklahoma, yeah. who was uh, the big uh, intrepid um, uh, distributor and uh, importer for, for the brand. And then uh, we had Ron White, who was yeah. uh, one of the top ICC drivers at the time <laughs> and has still not made the move to Masters because he's still racing against all the uh, years later. Yeah, yeah uh, still racing against all these senior drivers, probably some who might not even have been born at that time so we've been doing this a while that's the thing to say that so that wasn't live back in the day we would record it and then we would upload it to the site uh, so people were able to listen to it uh, to, to our to the uh, the first ever podcast we called it happy hour we we did it at the track sometimes we did it in the hotel lobby uh it was a lot of fun that's 50 that was 15 years ago the reason why i bring this up we're talking about the article that you're writing about the history of rotex in one of the happy hours we'll talk about our trip <laughs> from the super nationals where we stayed up and drank all night long. <laughs> well, don't ruin it. Don't, 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 don't. Okay. Then went to the airport and went to the Grand Nationals because yeah. the, I mean the World Finals, the World Grand Finals. Grand Finals. Yeah. We'll talk about that because there is a lot of there's a lot of stuff that happened in that particular trip. They because we went we went straight from there to the Formula BMW World Final well, Barcelona. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, to, be Valencia, honest, in Valencia. To, be on, to be honest, it was essentially a month long trip that uh, that we entailed. Uh, and like it was only three weeks, but it felt like you know a month and a half because it was just so long. <laughs> and and there's just... there's so many different stories. Like we have stories from Vegas, we have stories to Portugal, we have stories in yeah. Portugal, lots of different stories in Portugal to Spain, and then stories from <laughs> Spain and in coming home, and it's just unreal. Let me tell you this right now. David and I didn't physically talk to each other, vocally talk to each other. For a month after that, oh, maybe a month and a half. I don't think until two, until the next year, till till the yeah, two thousand seven. I didn't want to even hear your voice. I didn't want to see your face, <laughs> and and now I don't want to see your bald head. But. I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're wrapping things up here. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Face to Face. We have a happy hour with Howden coming. We talked about doing it tomorrow night. We'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. It all comes from the USAC guys. We did our face to face, and they were drinking beer during it. So yeah. we think we. we I'm need to busy. Hit. I'm busy with working. So you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to figure this out. We'll figure. It, we'll we'll figure this out now. We got uh, actually next week a couple of different guys lining up for next week. We're trying to get uh, Tom Cutcher from Supercarts US li lined up to talk about their Festival of Speed. I think or summer is it the Summer Fest of Speed? Oh, I Whatever. didn't even know there was a name. Now, what's, it was in his letter that he wrote to everybody. There's something about that uh, okay. in August. Or what they're doing with August. So we'll talk more about that as well. And. Next week, I think we're going to hook up with the guys from Bermuda, Bermuda Karting. We've got um, uh, David Barbosa and Scott Barnes are going to talk about Bermuda Karting, the CRG program over there. They have a CRG rental cart program. Uh, a lot of good stuff. So we got more coming here on Face to Face again Thursday, May the 14th. Thanks for joining us. Big thank you to Steve Chapman and Justin Stefani for joining us on the broadcast here today, the show. And we appreciate all you that have tuned in, gave us some comments. Thank you so much, folks. Take care of yourself. Stay home. Stay safe. Book it. <laughs>